Welcome in, everybody. We are here post-week four. Wild, ridiculous, stupid things happening Titans. all weekend long. Titans. The Titans didn't even play this weekend. Shut up. So. How about them Titans? We aren't We aren't there yet. Oh, sorry. We, and we My won't. name is Ryan. That guy across from me is Austin. How's it going, guys? We Let's are. Let's go. As Let's you can go. Tell. First time we've actually disagreed on something. Sorry, I'm a, I'm getting a little excited. I'm getting excited. Would you like to bring us in again? <sighs> Anyhow, how about them Titans? Jesus Christ! Really glad we didn't put a six pack on that game. <sighs> well, guys, as my been rudely interrupted and thrown off track here by my wonderful co-host. How can you pick the Titans? Oh, sorry. Sorry. Um, huh. Wow. Um, this is awkward. Guys, we sure do appreciate you. We have actually now became, I guess, what you would call truly international. I don't know who's listening to this in the UK. I'm not sure you can understand what we're saying. Send me a DM. I'm going to send you a shirt. That first guy from Canada, we're apparently up to two now. Same deal. Send me a DM. Send you a shirt. Too fat to play, Austin. I don't know what the shirts are. We don't have any merchandise. We're, we're working on it. Out. We, we, I, all I can say is I hope we're in the works for it. Definitely want to get you guys. For you guys to be listening to us two right now is unbelievable. Love every minute of it. Um, this this has been an awesome experience. The way this is blowing up. Um like Austin said, let's get. If you don't want to DM Austin because uh, he picked the Colts instead of the Titans this last week, uh, DM me on Twitter. Uh, too fat to play Ryan. So I guess let's go ahead and get into reviewing Week Four. Um, which game do we want to start with? Actually, first off, I want to start with a headline that I caught from the Lebetard Show. Um, I don't know if you've heard this or not. Um, the end of the Packers Buccaneers game in Week Three uh-huh. Sunday afternoon. Whenever they went to run the two-point conversion, right? The NFL has quietly admitted they screwed up the play clock. They only gave Brady 20 seconds. Really? Yeah. That's that's interesting. So, maybe it wasn't the Jumbotron that that Rodgers saw was wrong. But I heard that today on the Levitard show, and I was like, now wait a minute. Because I think the Bucks are scoring from, from the two. I, I would think so. But, yeah, so I I just wanted to see if you'd, uh, you'd heard that a little bit. I had not heard that. No, I listened. Uh, um, you listened to Levitard. I, I listened to Skip and Shannon on Undisputed and about half of uh, the herd today. Um, although... Colin was defending uh, my guy out there in Santa Clara. It kind of wanted me to launch my speaker across the install bay. Um, so we can get into that later on in the show. But uh, Let's start where it all started. Let's go to Thursday night. Um, big prayers up for Tua. Um, he's, he's not playing this coming week, which is probably the right play this time. Yeah, um, there was a lot of speculation last week that Mike McDaniels didn't have – um, to his best interest in mind, had the football team, which I get where they're coming from. The Dolphins organization does not deserve the credit of uh, um, the benefit of the doubt by any means. But when you 
Mike McDaniels and some of the other pieces they have in their coaching staff have not given anybody to believe that they aren't there for, they were working with the information, a doctor who has since been fired. We need a, that also needs to be taken into account. The NFLPA has fired that independent doctor because of multiple mistakes in the concussion protocol over the, like, I think they said the last five years. Something like that. I know he's, he's so made several mistakes. The The Dolphins were acting on information maybe a little bit too much. They, they should have probably gone with their gut a little bit more. But at the same time, when a doctor's sitting there, no, he's good to go, he's good to go. So when the doctor tells you he's good to go and, to... And, the, and the players jive and he get back in, it's hard to tell them no. Um, I, I, I think that's going to probably be the last time that we see, Most, hey, I'm ready to go. They've already implemented a rule. Yeah. Um, like kind of what we've seen with uh, Pat Mahomes last year, mm-hmm. uh, he didn't even hit his head. He wobbled. They took him out of the game. Yeah. It's going to be like that moving forward. I, which I, I, as much as it sucks when it happens to your team, in the grand scheme of things, it's what needs to happen. Yeah, I mean these these are grown men grown men playing a kid's game, and sometimes that gets lost that they have lives after this, regardless of what you think of them. Yeah, absolutely. But how many suicides have we had? How many? early deaths due to CTE. We lost, what, seven, eight phenomenal football players this offseason alone due to this. So we got to start protecting our guys, especially if we want to keep watching this great game. One too many uh, injuries. We might not have football anymore. We might not be able to sit here, bring you guys mediocre content week in and week out. Um, I know that I like my Sundays with football. So whatever we have to do to keep that going in the heat of the moment, it sucks because Tua had that team. And Teddy B came in and actually really looked good. He did. Um, he wasn't going to beat the Bengals. Teddy B. And the way the Bengals looked, I'm not sure Tua was going to beat those Bengals. No, it would have been a much um, better game, though. Absolutely. But give, you know. Hey, I, the Bengals I, showed up. The, the Bengals showed up. They they looked like they took that Jets get right game, got, got their – shit shit figured out and and are playing now um that that team's scary again they're moving the ball again offensive line is still a little bit of a concern Jalen Phillips was all over the place all over that backfield I think um is it Zach Taylor their head coach yeah yeah that's right um I think he started realizing he can't let Joe Burrow sit in the pocket and try and push the ball downfield He's got to get him out and moving because his offensive line is such in disarray right now. I think they had the same realization the Chiefs did. You have to try and run the damn ball. Oh, that too. I mean, you got Joe Mixon in the backfield. Yeah, I mean, you got Mixon and Pirine back there. Let the boys eat. Um, but that game, I guess, as as I believe both of us picked the Dolphins to win that game. I think that game went the way you kind of figured it would to start, but the Bengals started hot. They played strong. Um, give Teddy Beak props. He he came in he under came in bad situation, um, and essentially, not only did the Dolphins lose their starting quarterback that game, they essentially lost their number two receiver because Jalen Waddle didn't couldn't couldn't do anything after that. He he was shook. Which I mean, that that's your that's your boy from college. I mean, right. he he's not just your NFL quarterback this year. He's 
he's your boy no. from college. Like they were, they were legitimate friends. Right. And that's to, a psychological to, toll to to see him on the field with his hands splayed very unnaturally in front of his face. That that's a psychological toll. And so for De- Teddy B to come in and and handle himself the way he did, you know, good for him. I mean, I I liked watching Teddy play back in the day. It was nice to see some athleticism out of him again, which is right. something you didn't see too much in Denver. No, but it it was it's nice. It's been a while see. since we've seen that side of Teddy Bridgewater. The last time we seen it was when he was filling in for Drew Brees, yeah. which honestly I think if he would have just stayed and waited one more year under Drew, that team would be in a different place right now. But that's a that might have to be a bonus episode just talking about the what ifs of the NFL. We don't have nearly enough episode space to put <laughs> one one bonus episode in. No, that. not at all. But let's carry over to that team. Uh Saints Vikings way too early on a Sunday morning. Unfortunately, I did not get to see this game. I was out putting feeders uh with your brother so we can uh, hopefully put some meat in the freezer. So you're going to have to tell me all about this one. I caught some highlights. More unfortunately, I rolled out of bed at 7.45. <laughs> oh, that bad, huh? So I watched Score all Score says otherwise. Was it, it the double doink? Oh, or? Man, it was, a, it was a not good close game. Oh, one of those? Yeah, like, it looked like maybe Jefferson got himself figured back out. Kirk got off prime time, which is the most important thing Kirk can do. It wasn't a great game. The Saints don't look good. Um, Andy Dalton looks just like Andy Dalton. Um, but like early career Cincinnati, no, and no. Andy Dalton or no, the Dallas, Andy, the Andy Dalton we've all know, know to love and hate. But it was it was not a wonderful game. I mean i I started making dessert for that night during the game because I kind of got bored which turned out very weird weird but this is not a this is not a food podcast um if anybody has a wife that can bake anywhere halfway decently at least compared to me who struggled to get egg whites to fluff up if they can make pavlova and bring it to me big shout outs to you um for anybody that's got little kids uh, Watch Bluey, you'll figure it out. <laughs> but so, I, I give give props to Kirk in that game. They needed to score late. He drove them down, got them the score, put them up, got them back up three, and then we got one of those infamous double doinks. Which when Will Lutz lined up for that field goal, I was like, "Oh shit, here we go!" Overtime at the eight thirty game. To start Sunday. Wow. And then off the left upright, off the crossbar, and out. And I was like, oh, oh, that game's over. That's not the result I expect when Will Lutz walks onto the field. No, Will Lutz is usually good from anywhere. And Although so, it was London, what was it, a 61-yarder? Yeah, 61 you, yards. You're approaching, I mean, you're nine foot from NFL record. That's a tough field goal to make at home. Yeah, I well, mean, I get missing it off the upright. That one's got to hurt. At least he gets a nice relaxing cuppa and can take the flight home. Um, but let's let's get off my Sunday morning. I wasn't ready for it. I don't think the NFL world is ready for it. It turned out to be a competitive game, just not a great game to watch. 
On the other hand, the most confusing teams in football, and I say teams because neither one of these teams makes sense. One of them is supposed to be a dumpster fire. The other one is a perennial dumpster fire that hasn't played like one unless it's in the fourth quarter. The Seattle Seahawks. Who? technically, are still tied for first in the NFC West with the entire division. All two and two of them. Are not a good football team by any measure. The defense isn't good. Why, why the does offense Geno isn't any Smith good? look like the quarterback he was supposed to be in an offense that shouldn't work? Because it didn't work with Russell Wilson. I'm really confused how he looks better in that offense than Russell did. Like, I don't get it. I don't understand. Put 48 points up against a defense that pretty talented. I mean, I, we were, we were, I was praising Jeff Okuda last week. I don't know that I ever saw Jeff Okuda play this week. You know, it was it was a very odd game and it was the poor freaking lions who are <laughs> oh. the number one scoring offense in football right now they have put up 140 points this season they have given up 141 points this season and they, they are the one in three offense and the number 32 defense which has been done before the rams have done that but it's like what is going on in detroit the first time I show that team love in my lifetime, and now all of a sudden they're shit in the bed left and right. They play great in the fourth quarter. They'll come back on anybody. Which is weird, because the first three weeks of the season, they'd get out to that monstrous lead. I was looking like a genius for picking them over the Vikings. What was that, week two? Yep. And, and then the fourth quarter, nothing. And uh, I was... During that early slate, I was still out. Yeah, I would with like your... to say that was that was my pick. Oh, that week. was your pick. I went with Kurt. That yeah. I'm sorry. I I remembered there was a pick, and I did. I do still. I'm still high on the Lions. Yeah. I it's, I, it's hard not to be, but seeing the score when I'm checking my phone while we're out in the middle of a field, and seeing what it was coming into the fourth quarter, I was surprised. And then getting to your house right at the end of the early games and seeing the Lions are coming back. Not not 10 points. They're within three points trying to get down the field. And every time they got within three points, got ready to, they had all the momentum, they would give up a huge play and be back down 10. <laughs> um, man, it was, it was a wild affair. Um, I basically... I watched most of the game because most of the relevant plays were just highlights on Red Zone. Um, I wasn't really watching that game per se. Um, one of the more interesting developments next. Uh, well, which part? Um, because you and I were both right when we discussed this um, in last week's Thursday morning episode, the episode that released Thursday morning. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I agree. I, I think we were we were we were both shown to be correct. That it, I mean, so we're talking about the Jets and the Steelers. I said Kenny Pickett needs to come out. You said George Pickens needs to show up. 
it happened. But George had over 100 yards. Kenny never let a ball hit the ground, albeit three times it went to the other team. Two rushing touchdowns. He kept them alive in a game that they shouldn't have been alive in. And it's not that the Jets were by far the better team by any means. Um, Zach looked really good on that last drive. Zach Wilson, after being out the first three weeks of the season, started off slow from what I've seen. And then, like you said, when I went back and kind of rewatched highlights, he started to get his footing back. He started to feel the speed of the game again. Zach Wilson's got an it factor. Oh, yeah. He's small, but he, he's got – I think they've got their guy at quarterback. I've, I've, I've heard so many people debate this. Um, I, I was high, high on him coming out because I thought he was a perfect fit in Shanahan's offense. Mm-hmm. And then when I seen that we traded up to three and who was ahead of us, I, I just understood he wasn't going to be there. I still love our pick. Um, and especially after what I seen last night. Um, but Zach Wilson is, it's taken him a little bit. And I think everybody thought it would. Um, I mean, going, going from big 12, right. Or not big 12. I guess they were still in the big 10. I don't know who they, he was at a Mormon college. It was BYU. He went to BYU regardless of where they played. Going from BYU to the NFL, we all kind of thought there'd be a there'd be a, a learning curve and it would be a large one. But he he's mobile, he's athletic, dude's got a cannon. And I think if Garrett Wilson can get his footing in the NFL, Elijah Moore is looking good, really good. Um, I I think they've got themselves a squad put together. I guess, and I've. I've We've, I've said this before. I still think they're a year or two away from being. I do, but they're. It seems to me like if you go back to 2017, the 49ers with uh, Chip Kelly that year, you you seen the pieces, and they ended up having to get rid of those. In 2018, they bring in the coach, and then they went out and traded for Garoppolo. And, but just the way that team played and how it progressed, obviously. John Lynch was able to turn Santa Clara around very quickly. I almost see the same thing in New York, but it's defense. Uh, Robert Sala being a defensive guy knows he's looked at the NFL, sees that it's an offensive driven league and knows he has to get the offense right before he can go out and get the defense. And that's what we're seeing. He hit a lot of good defensive draft picks over the last couple of years, but they were the best guy on the board at the time. He's not, abusing the offensive side of the ball in any way, shape, or form. When you have a defensive coach like Rob Sala, who's building an offense with that Shanahan offense, he's still running a Shanny offense instead yeah, of... The Florida still is OC. Yeah, I mean. the fact that he's he's looking at what's happening in L.A. and Green Bay and what was supposed to be happening in Denver and Minnesota um, and seeing how teams are going... I think he's building it right. They should not give up on him. You give him another year. I say, I think two years. That defense needs help. But they've got a lot of cap space. I think they've got their guy. They've got for they've got a stable of running backs that I can't name one, but they always seem to pop off 60 or 70 yards a game. It's not the 100 that they're looking for. But it's... Uh, Brees, Hall. Brees Hall looks like... Brees Hall looks like an NFL running back. 
they're playing good football. They're just not there yet. Say so they still have some of those Jets elements to them, but it's hard to get away from that. It's hard to break the stigma yeah. of your team behind you. But you can see you can see differences. A that we've touched on this. Their draft this year was phenomenal. A plus draft grade. They're going to have ups and downs. Um, it, that doesn't matter if, if Zach wouldn't have got hurt before the season. They're they're probably still two and two. I agree. Um, I mean their their schedule wasn't easy by any and stretch, it's, and it's not getting easier at this no. point. But especially it, in the division that they play in. Oh yeah, the, the, I mean it's gonna be hard. You you got four losses in the division to start the season. You know, yeah, they'll probably beat the Patriots. But I mean, I see them splitting right now. The Patriots are not relevant, but competent with They're, Bailey Zappi, and I I think it's yeah. just because he's out there playing backyard football with that non-existent offense. That team, that team is so bad. I we'll get. I'll, I'll touch on that game. No, but I think we need to minute. hit on the Steelers just a little bit um, more. The Steelers, man, dude, they look lost without TJ. They really do. And then I thought they were really going to have an issue because on that last drive that the Jets went down, one play, Micah, Micah, or Minka Fitzpatrick was laying on his back, staring at the sky, obviously in pain. Two plays later, Cam Hayward's sitting on the ground, one leg kicked out, looking at his ankle. Hopefully everybody's okay. But man, if you would have taken Minka and Cam Hayward, Cam off the field, Jesus! That Steelers that that Steelers team might as they might as well fold because that 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 team would be toast. Oh yeah, the the defense, um, which is really weird that their their strength has always been defense. It's so banged up, even with just missing their centerpiece. It doesn't matter what that offense seems to do. I think they're going to turn that offense around by getting they he, they showed going. some excitement. They showed they showed some excitement in, in ways that Mitch and, just wasn't doing. Right. Which I feel like that the excitement that we saw is going to lead to more losses. But it's they're going. I I hope. And to me, it's instead of looking out of a window to your future, you're opening a door to the future. Exactly. You're I, allowing Kenny in. I mean, you can almost call it this season a lost season. It's not lost yet. We've seen teams turn it around, but just the way they're looking, let them go out there and make the mistakes because you're That's exactly if, what I was going to say. If your team's bad with your starter, get the rookie out there, let him get hit, let him feel the feel the uh, the speed of the game, let him see how defenses move, let let him make some mistakes, let him learn his receivers. You know how, how he cuts in practice versus how he cuts on the field when somebody's. Uh, one-on-one or how how he sits down in the zone is going to be way different game day than it is in practice. So it's kind of like what the Niners were trying to do with Trey Lance. I know I keep bringing the 49ers up, but (laughs) the way their season's going, they have a lot of really good analogies for teams that are up and coming right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Like what they were trying to do there, let them get out there. Let them make the mistakes. Next year, I think... I definitely – it's so early in the season to be talking about next year, but – But there, there's teams that – You have to. We're, we're already looking at next year. And I, I think 
the Steelers the Steelers are going to be one of those teams. That team's not making the playoffs. That team's not making any kind of noise. I don't even know if they hit 500. I'm not ruling that out. Tomlin's got to prove to me he can be under 500 because I, he might just punch somebody else's head coach and I will give him 500. So, <laughs> But I, I think the excitement that Kenny brought changes the offense because he's willing to take the shot that Mitch won't. Yes. Because, and, I, and I, man, I really wanted Mitch to be good. I did. I thought sitting with Josh for a year, learning from DeBowl for a year, he was going to be Maybe better. Maybe Mitch needs to be in New York. Maybe he needs Brian DeBowl. I, Maybe he's such a system quarterback because he was, he wasn't, we've learned this, he wasn't the reason Chicago was losing by any stretch. But I feel like Chicago started. I feel like Chicago I, chewed him up, spat him out, and now and now he's. I get it. He's yesterday. He he he's 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 chewed up. He's gone, because he's now afraid to make the mistake. As opposed to trying to make the play. Right. And. I I feel like that's just where, Mitch is now. Who Mitch is, and I I, as much as that sucks, I I think that's that's where it is. He is a career backup. That. You hope to God you don't need him for more than three or four games. It 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 hurts. It hurts to say that, just because I mean, for everything I've seen and everything I've heard from players talking, Mitch is not only a great guy but a great teammate, and want nothing for the, but the best for him. So I hope you're wrong. I hope he ends up in a place like New York because Danny Dimes ain't throwing dimes. Um, they need to start losing games. Yeah, <laughs> that's the next game we're gonna hit here. The the uh, Bears, who scored a whole twelve points via their kicker, who they just cut, and uh, lost to the New York Football Giants, who, like you said, they they should have nothing to play for because their number one wide receiver is out. Um, they need draft picks. They need to have another draft like they did this year. And they keep winning games, and they're going to screw that up for them, for themselves. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess could work out because I'm, I'm sure Jalen Daniels won't go super early in the first round, so that he might be hanging around there, get themselves a Heisman-winning quarterback there at the middle of the, uh, yeah. middle of the draft board. Yeah, I like it. Um, But, man, good old Bustin' Fields and Danny don't throw the pass their dimes. Man. Or don't run up the middle of the field when nobody's standing there. Admittedly, when, say, when, when, when Danny went down and then Tyrod went down, I was kind of excited to see what that offense looked like with Saquon at quarterback. Um, <laughs> it was, man, this is another one of those games. Like, we all saw it. We all, unfortunately, saw the highlights. It, it, I'm going to say the early slate of games didn't give us a lot to look forward to. Actually, even so far at the beginning of this year, there hasn't been terribly great football except for, like, the Bills and uh, the the uh, Dolphins matching up. Um, we started, I feel like, in the later games, started to see some good football players making good football plays, trying to get back into that rhythm of good football that we ended on last year. Uh, I don't know if we were just I mean, given there, there, so much good football last year that they had to tone it back. I feel like the, the there were two 
two big games that I was really interested in. Was one of those the Titans Colts? No, it wasn't. Uh, in the Noon Squad, uh, and those those will be the last two Noon Squad games we hit because they do happen to fall last in this list. But a lot of these other games just just weren't great games. They weren't great matchups. You know what was a great game? Uh, Chargers Texans. I mean, yeah, I guess so. I was going to say the Titans Colts. What was good about that game? I wish that I had time today to pull up the sound clip of you just going in on me for picking the Titans. I really do. And it, while I'm editing, I might try and find this. I do wish we had a, a, a true production crew here. At this point in time, I am not upset that our production oh, crew man. is only the two of us at this point. There would be um, buzzers going. I mean, just anything... The smile on my face right now. I hope you guys can hear this. What did I do as soon as I got back from going out with your brother and I looked at my phone? What What was the first thing I started to do? Um, I, I think there was some crying involved. Oh, I was laughing so hard I could not breathe. I was pointing and la- it looked like an old school Looney Tunes cartoon. I'm enjoying this less and less. It was like... Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner. Roadrunner over there thinking he's going to smash me with a gigantic rock and meet me. Oh, it was beautiful. Okay, enough about that game. That that was tough to watch. Um, inside and out, both of those teams are bad. Uh, Holy crap, did the Colts suck. How does, how does that team routinely get the best of the Chiefs and then go out there and just crap the bed? Which team get the best? Both of those teams get the best of the Chiefs. The Titans have done it once or twice. The Colts are 18-10 and 10 against the Chiefs in regular season play. I'm thinking about more recently here. Again, the Titans have gotten them once or twice. But the Colts always seem to get the Chiefs. It doesn't make sense. The Chiefs were up freaking 38-10 to 10 in a playoff game, which they lost to the Colts. They had the no-punt game against the Colts, and then they had this week three debauchery against a team that can't hold... What team did they lose to? The... Who? It was the Titans. Oh, I, I thought you were talking about the Tidy Houston. Um, But the Chiefs... Man, I freaking hate the Colts so much because they don't make sense. That team is awful. I was wrong last week. That team doesn't have a quarterback. That team doesn't have a running back, apparently, because Jonathan Taylor has not been found at all this season. Although I did see a little bit of a fantasy stat that gives me hope, and that's the fact that he always sucks the first four weeks of fantasy, whatever. It has been awful. That offensive line, the most expensive offensive line in football, has been trash. Granted, your quarterback is about as as mobile as my freaking house. But it doesn't make sense how bad that team is. And I get it. it. Shaquille Leonard came in, was in there for the first quarter, got his bell rang, and he's not playing again next week. So your defensive stalwart's still not there. Stephon Gilmore should still be good. At least good enough to beat the freaking Titans. That team was so bad. Oh, that that game was ugly. That that team needs to be coached by Nathaniel Hackett. You think two... Two negatives cancel each, out, each other out on that one? No, that means I can just avoid that one team in spe- in particular. Like, it was so bad. It doesn't make sense. I'm a little upset right now. 
I'm enjoying this so I, much. I do not I'm understand. not usually right against Austin. I always have the hot takes or the gut feeling, and my gut always ends up getting me in trouble. It's why I'm fat. And I have to revel in these moments that I am right, and it, I, I wish we had a video feed right now because you're about to lift the bed up in this spare bedroom and throw it through the window. This is the most beautiful thing I've seen all week. Do you feel better? I feel better. I feel like drinking. Chargers, Texans. Um, this game was weird. Chargers would go up big. Texans would storm back. Chargers would go up. Texans would storm back. I bet the Texans and the over and and the points in this game naturally because they didn't cover. You, you guys will notice that if, if the more I get in talking about my DraftKings, the more you'll notice how bad this is. I have officially crossed the week three threshold. Since my last win. Um, it, it is not going well. At all. But. Shout out to DraftKings for uh, taking all of our money. And yet finding a way to bring us back in. Week in and week out. I, I, I have already sworn off betting this week. How's that so, going to work out for you on Sunday when I come over? Honestly, I'm probably going to have like a four leg parlay in on Thursday. Yeah, that's so. probably. I'm, and honestly, I don't even know who plays there. Nope, nope. Wait, we're not watching football on Thursday. That that's been ruled out. <laughs> you don't know who plays Thursday, do you? I haven't looked, but I can only assume. I have. <laughs> I'm not watching football Thursday. <laughs> the Colts and Broncos. You you get to recap that one. <laughs> this is gonna be. Oh man, this is good stuff. But uh, the Texans looked a lot more like the bad Texans teams we thought they were going to be. The, the Chargers are... They're in a state of limbo. Yeah. They, Half that team they're, is They're really the good. They're just... They've taken the Niners' role of the season. They've just put the entire team on IR and, hey, if you can put his arm on his leg, maybe we can make it work. So I I can't ridicule the Chargers. I mean, I'm not even of course they lie. won. If if the Chargers need somebody to donate some ribs to uh, to Young Gun back there, I'll donate mine. Your ribs are wider than he is. That's the first compliment you've ever given me. No, it's not. I love your four fingers. Oh, but so. You good on the Chargers game? Yeah. Okay. There wasn't much there. I mean, the Chargers came out on top like they should have. The team played like they were injured, which shouldn't be an an excuse. You're only as good as your backups are, though. A very wise guy once told me that, and it's stuck with me ever since. If your team has bad backups, you can see which teams what teams rotate most of their players throughout the game. Who's built their team well? Right. Uh, and so the the Chargers won. Good for them, man. I hope that team gets healthy. Not from a division standpoint, but purely football standpoint. From a football standpoint, I hope the Chargers get healthy. Um, speaking of not being healthy, the Atlanta Falcons. Cordell Patterson's on the IR now. I I didn't see that until after I got off work yesterday, and I actually feel a little bit like a jackass. Because I walked up to one of my coworkers in our uh, work league and was like, hey, I can't even remember who it was. I was like, 
would you take Cordero Patterson for as a quarterback? That's the only thing I'm missing off my team. He goes, why? Because he's on IR. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? He goes, Cordero Patterson's out for six weeks. I had no idea. I didn't even didn't see the injury designation. It just completely, I don't know if I swiped the notification. I didn't know it. I do apologize for that, uh, Casey, um, if you do still listen to me. Um, I did not realize that team is banged up, and they can't get their ball to their one wide receiver, or <laughs> wide receiver, tight end, running back, quarterback combo. So, man, that that team that team's a quarter that de- team needs a quarterback and an offensive line. But the Falcons are obviously not this year. But I think that team's going to be interesting to watch this offseason. I think so. I think um, Arthur Smith has that team going in the in the right direction. It feels like um, if they make some. Free, it's not the draft. I feel like it's going to be free agency. I feel like it's going to have to be a combination um, to, to really get that team Well, it depends. Going. Are they going to go after one of the quarterbacks in the draft? I feel like they should, but we've I, seen quarterbacks. I feel quarterback... like they're going to be high enough up. Like I legitimately think they're probably they're probably going to be in that C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young argument. Um, so I, I see them going, going QB. And and I, I think that's the right choice. I I think the Mario experiment. Mario is who we thought he was. Hoped he'd be better, but he is who we thought he was. He's he's the same guy that got benched for Tannehill in Tennessee. He, he's his NFL career as a starter right. is over. Um, I I granted I am interested to see when Desmond Ritter gets out there to see what he can do, but. I'm kind of hearing the same comments out of them as I did with Kyle with uh, Kyle Mond. Oh, uh, whatever Mond's first name was, Kellen Kellen Mond, out of uh, Man, I Minnesota. Didn't, I didn't they were like, like "Hey, do all. you do you want to see what Mond's got out there?" And the, the head coach goes, "Nope, we're good." So, and I don't know anything about Desmond Ritter, but as soon as the Vikings I, took Kellen Mond. His throwing motion, he like most quarterbacks almost draw a circle with the football. His was just a straight back. It nothing about it looked right. His throwing motion just did not. It it didn't look good. It might look like Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers had a prettier throwing motion, and Philip Rivers had a terrible throwing motion. Yeah, but so I'm I am interested to see what Desmond Ritter looks like. If he gets on the field, um, I feel like they used a pretty decent draft pick on him. I mean, it was only a third rounder, but I mean, we obviously we have recent history of a team drafting a quarterback tenth overall and then drafting another one number one overall the following year. Yep. So I hope I hope Ritter gets a chance. I do, but I feel like if they're where I kind of think they're going to be. I think you're looking at that C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young conversation, and okay. with with legitimate, with legitimate interest. Um, the next game, battle of the NFC least. Good God, um, the Commanders are bad. Very. I I, uh, I know everybody's like you know if you put a college team against a professional team, they're they're not gonna win. I kind of want to see a Bama Commanders game. 
you give me Bama Commanders or Georgia Commanders, I'm taking Bama or Georgia. That Commanders team is awful. Um, the Cowboys, Cooper Rush is inexplicably 4-0 in his young career. And you know what? I just, I don't, it's not that I don't believe the hype. It's really hard for me to think that a sixth-year backup who's been a backup his entire life is just suddenly, just it just clicked. It could. I mean, there's been weirder things to happen, but to think that he's leading this team better than Dak, is Dak losing the locker room? Like, did Dak, I can't say is he, like, did he before? Or is this just a, I don't, I don't know. So, something feels off in the Cowboys organization, and Jerry Jones, I've been saying this forever, just needs to shut up. I mean, and, he's, the, he's the Cowboys' biggest issue. He, he needs to be an owner and not a general manager. And I think he's proven that time and time over. Um, if, if Dak has lost the locker room, I can pinpoint exactly when it happened, when after a victory the only shirtless person in the entire locker room was the quarterback that didn't play. I think I'd... He, that lose me in the locker room and like why why the hell are you you wore a hoodie the entire game right you know whatever but that's just a joke but you know if Dak gets the protection that Cooper's getting Dak will be fine I and, I completely I, agree I feel Dak is an underrated quarterback and this all stems from was it last year or two years ago two years ago when he got hurt uh, we had. We've been talking football for years together, and we've always had the same consensus that Dak's not a top 10 guy, and we've seen a Cowboys team that... That was relevant. They weren't great, but they were relevant. I mean... Lose their quarterback, and and that was the worst team in football. By far. You can't tell me that Cooper Rush is better than Dak. Is he the hot hand right now? Maybe. But what's he doing that's spectacular? He's throwing... He's being Jimmy Garoppolo. Actually, he's playing better than Jimmy Garoppolo. He hasn't thrown an interception. He threw three that got called back last week, but... I can't argue that stat. Uh, Mahomes has thrown a few picks that have been called back for penalties. But, you know, I, I don't know. The Cowboys are a weird squad. The, the NFC East right now is weird. You've got two 3-1 and one teams that I don't believe are good in any way, shape, or form. You've got maybe the best team in all in the NFC, who might not be a top five team in the AFC. It, it's the a, NFC is so up in the air right now. The not NFC only that, but who, bad. who, who have the Cowboys played to be? Cooper Rush had a great game ish against the Commanders. I mean, they beat the Bengals, who were playing like absolute garbage. Joe but, Burrow only. I mean, Two weeks since his first action in that game. So that that appendectomy had to have really messed with with Joe. That's the only thing that makes sense. Well, he didn't. He's... That's the only quarterback. And I said this what last week after the Niners lost to the Broncos. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it when Jimmy said, "Oh, this is my first week with the guys." I get that Joe has been with the guys. Jimmy was at least taking snaps with training staff. Joe Burrow was riding a cart. They wouldn't let him let him touch a football, let alone throw a football or take snaps with a football. Up until right before week one. And you know what? I bet 
after he was stretching, he was doing some workouts after his surgery. I bet those stitches kind of hurt. Yeah. And that's not a... I have to feel that that surgery wasn't prohibiting him in any way, shape, or form. I think it slowed him down. It slowed him down. The guy got sat. He was afraid to take the shots that he was used to. You've seen it. He feels you his confidence when just look at his pro game pressers his confidence is back yeah no i i joe burr has has re-entered the building um there's one other player and i feel like he's gonna get talked about a lot because as of right now he has to be leading the defensive player of the year conversation and he's drawing a lot of comparisons number 11 number 11 Drawing a whole lot of comparisons. I, I can't stand to Skip Bayless. He called his nickname for Micah Parsons is Eleven from Heaven, and you know what? He deserves every bit of that nickname. That guy's a monster. What what Micah is doing, and I, I've seen it too many times to ignore it to to brush it off. Whatever. M- Micah Parsons is currently on a better trajectory to start his career than Same. Lawrence Taylor. There it is. The sacks he's accumulating, the pressure he's generating. The fact that he can drop back into coverage and play middle linebacker as well. This may be the most well-rounded defensive player we've ever seen. Yeah. and it, it, That's not... Yeah. That's not a... A fault. You have uh, Primetime. You have Aaron Donald, Lawrence Taylor. You have all these guys that are great, top tier. What guy can you put in at strong safety? Um, how many pass rushers are you going to trust to cover Travis Kelsey? None. And you've got one guy in the league right now. What Mike? What Mike is doing is absolutely impressive. He is. I thought. I didn't really believe the hype last year. I know he had the 13 and a half sacks, and I know that barring DJ Watt tying the sack record, probably would have won defensive defensive MVP. What Mike is doing, I, I I'm, I'm done arguing against the Cowboy bias. He's the best young pass rusher we've ever seen. The, the I hate that he plays for the Cowboys. And it, what oh, the absolutely the thing that I actually love about him playing for the Cowboys was that was his favorite team growing up. I, I love it when a player gets to play for their favorite team. Um, I, I to me obviously that's everybody's so still on Aaron. No, but um, what you just said. I know what I said, and I can also say Aaron Rodgers can go to hell. Um, I can't stand that guy. On the bright side, he's going to be on some mean-ass DMT on the way down. <laughs> um, but Oh, man. That... I just, I don't know. Like, I've, I've really come to appreciate Micah. See, and... I was kind of thinking more Brady, but, oh, continue. Or Josh Allen. Um Anyhow, um, but so I, I just wanted to touch on Micah because 
as much as neither of us like the Cowboys. You got to give credit where credit's give, due. Give credit where credit's due. The best offensive player in in all of football right now resides in Dallas. The guy, and the guy's a dog. He he's he's my pick right now, barring barring injury or rapid ascent of somebody else. Right now, he is the runaway favorite for defensive MVP. I don't know what the odds are on that, but uh, I he think has to be heavily favored. I uh, like you said, barring injury, I say lock it in. Yeah, whatever the odds are, I I'd throw the money down. The, the on odds it. aren't going to get better at all this season. He's, no, he's going to be a runaway favorite from here on out. He's what he's doing is absolutely amazing. You know what? He if he got injured late in the season, week fifteen, week sixteen, I still think it's his. It's his exactly. Yeah, I think if he makes it through week fourteen, I think he'll have the stats accumulated by that point. I don't think the Cowboys are making the playoffs, so that would be completely moot. Look. You would have to give it to him because right now he is the reason they're winning. Absolutely. And it's it's hard to it's hard to disagree with some of the hot takes or the you know, maybe the maybe the too far out there guesses on him, but man, he is he's being he he's stellar. He's fun to watch. And I I, I know there there's old heads out there. That are gonna be like, well, LT was LT is still the greatest, and as of right now, yeah, LT is still the greatest. He's still the he's still the reason that left tackles get paid as much money as they do. He's still the reason that defensive ends get paid the way they do. Mike is coming for it. He's, I, he's young, but he is coming for it. I don't like when people are so. It, it's kind of like the LeBron Michael debate that we have. We never got to really see prime Michael. But we can go back and watch. I don't know how you stand on this because we don't talk much basketball. I don't even know where I stand on it. But right now, I watch basketball. LeBron's the the GOAT. But I also didn't get to watch Montana play, and we have Tom Brady. It feels like a unanimous consensus that Tom Brady's the GOAT. But I have a lot of people telling me, oh, he didn't do what Joe Montana did. It's two different times, but it's okay to to look at something and appreciate what you had in the past. Absolutely. And Ray Lewis was the greatest linebacker ever to play the game, right? Now, let's say I, – I like your eyes on this one because I know who you have, and and I, I, lo- I love I, your pick on that one. I, but say, let's I, say I dis- Shaq I Leonard – I disagree strongly with that opinion. Um let, let's just say that Shaq Leonard stays healthy at the beginning of the season and he continues to light it up. Would it not be insane to be like, look, Ray's great. And I got to watch Ray, but Ray never did what Shaq Leonard has been doing. And obviously he's been hurt and hasn't been able to play. I'd love to throw Fred Warner up there. But right now, Fred Warner's, the guys that play on either side of him are playing up to his level. So... I can't tell it's, which... It's hard to stand out on that defense. Right. So, it it's okay to look at what you had, but it's also okay to be like, you know what? That might be better. Because yeah. those older guys, they couldn't play in today's NFL. And it's not because of the rules, because the athletes that we have playing today are athletes. But the same thing goes the other way. You're right, Tom Brady couldn't play when Joe Montana was playing, 
because uh, roughing the passer wasn't necessarily a thing. I, I think he could still play. He just wouldn't have played as long. <laughs> and, and, if, and if he would have been playing back in those days, he'd look a lot more like George Blanda at 45 than what he currently does. It, it I don't like those arguments. I don't like to I, compare eras. It's Be- so hard, but like you said, we're watching a guy that's doing unprecedented things. And um, I would li- I would like to go ahead and say that Ray Lewis isn't even the best number fifty two of his era. So we'll, we're gonna move on. Um, I, I love you. Go ahead and say, say the name. Just uh, say the name for my sake. Patrick Willis. Ah, I'm gonna name my dog that. No, no, my couch. I'm gonna name my couch Patrick Willis. But uh, <laughs> that's a little inside Ray joke there. <laughs> Ray, Ray Lewis was a great linebacker, but. Patrick Willis was better. Um, anyhow, let's get to the two uh, the two noon games that we both we that that we both got excited for that we both I, I was up for I was ready for. Um, unfortunately, I had to do a little bit of coaching during the noon squad, so I didn't catch all of the games like I had hoped. Um, but we'll start we'll start we'll stay in the NFC for the one of these teams. In the NFC East. The Jags. Trevor Lawrence had his worst game of his career and kept them alive against the best team in the he NFC. He only fumbles twice? He had five turnovers. He cuts that in half. The game's a whole lot a whole lot closer. And I mean, granted, it was only an eight-point game. That's a one-possession game. The Eagles are still probably arguably the best team in football, which we will be unveiling our first top five. We each of us have our own list. Um, we'll go. Uh, we'll do one through five tonight, six through ten tomorrow night. Oh, God. Six through ten is going to be tough. Um, but the, the Eagles are still probably the best team in football. They, they are, uh, they it's are, hard to argue against they it. They have a good offense. They have a good defense. They've got a good quarterback. They've got great receivers. They've got good defensive backs. That team is loaded. It's good. If they had some better linebackers, I would they, – they would be Super Bowl favorites. I feel like they get dogged on, and I've seen a couple of top five lists that have them, like, ranked – Granted, the team, two teams that they're typically ranked behind, I understand. But I think the 4-0 carries some weight. I do, too. Especially whenever one of those teams is 3-1, and one, their loss came to the freaking Colts! Um, but that's that team is, is built to win. And I thought they'd be good this year. I didn't know that they were... Because, I mean, I, I dogged on them for having kind of the super team conversations. Right. But, by God, they are playing ball. And Jacksonville, he, he bought five turnovers from your quarterback. Only to be down eight. To, to lose by one score. And I'll, I'll give give Jacksonville credit. They, they, slowed that, they slowed the Eagles down enough. And, like I said... You turn two of those fumbles into just sacks, you know, we're probably talking about a different game. We might be talking about the best teams in football all being three and one. But 
man, Jacksonville. And that would really screw up our top fives if Jacksonville would have come out and. Uh, I don't even want to think about it because that would mean Jacksonville was also three and one. That's a scary thought. And I I think we can go ahead and pick the AFC South winner this year is is going to be Jacksonville because they're the only team that knows how to play football in the South. Granted, now they're probably going to freaking lose to the Titans too. But okay, um, so man, that was a that was a good game. Uh, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of things to cover on that. Allen Robinson or not Allen Robinson? Jesus hasn't Christ. done anything all season. Yeah, yeah. AJ Thanks. Brown, AJ Brown has been man that that receiving core in Philadelphia is going to be fun to watch for years to come. Um, Bills Ravens. What, what a game! A game. Um, man, can you have two better losses than what the Ravens currently have? No, not at all. They were ugly. The way they lost was ugly. Being up yeah, three I mean, scores, you, you were up three scores on both of those teams. But you've got your two losses of the Dolphins and the Bills. And when that game started, I was like, if the Ravens can keep up half of this in the second half, hey, good on the Bills for winning a close game. Good on the Bills for making a comeback. Yeah. It, everybody talked about the Bills not having or only having the knockout punch, not being able to keep it close. I think they heard it. I, I'd still like to see them do it a few more times. But if they start replicating that. Look out. Oh, terrifying. Ter- um, but, yeah, the Ravens. I do know. The Ravens need to pay Lamar yesterday. Because the price just got higher. Oh, the price just got higher. The more they wait, the higher that price goes. Lamar's not giving up three scores in the fourth quarter to lose these football games. He's getting you up three scores in the first three quarters to win these games. They got to pay him and then figure out the defense. Because Baltimore's defense is not playing like Baltimore's defense. No. No, they aren't. Um, the the Ravens the Ravens are good. You can see all the talent. You can see all the skill. They're not putting it together particularly well. I mean, as much as yeah, can you have two better losses? But you did blow three score leads in both of those games, right? So I mean, that that's a kind of a double edged sword there. But man, the the Bills that team is going to be is going to be a force and they're going to remain a force. The receivers are kind of letting us down a little bit. Gabe Jackson's not having this or not Gabe Jackson. Gabe Davis isn't having the season. I thought he was going to have um but it seems like some of these teams they're they're putting together that offense and hopefully they'll get it figured out again. Um We've been moving a little bit slow here, guys. So we're going to try and speed this up a little bit. We've got we've, we've had a few conversations got, and tangents that we weren't. Intending we've still on. got both of our teams to talk about, which were the two late games this week. So fortunately, the next the next three, three games, the afternoon squad of Sunday was a snooze fest. Cardinals beat the Panthers. wasn't much of a game. Not much to talk about. Both Raiders, teams look bad. Raiders beat the Broncos. Both teams look bad. The but the Broncos looked worse. <laughs> the Packers and the Patriots. Man, Let's how take can a you, minute to talk about that. How can you feel game? good about what the Green Bay Packers are right now? I, you you I, went to overtime. You kicked a field goal as time expired in overtime against not the first string, 
not the back against Bailey freaking Zappy, the rookie third stringer. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, Bailey Zappy had six thousand career passing yards for the Hilltoppers. Cool. That's not supposed to translate to dueling Aaron Rodgers. I I was thinking about this game today because I'm sorry, we, I know it was it was a weird day. The so when we were sitting there watching the game, they were flipping the coin for overtime. When the ref was explaining heads, tails, if but da da da, if the overtime, if the ten minutes of overtime expires, the game will be end in a tie. What did Aaron Rodgers say? It won't be a tie. I've never hoped for any kicker oh. to shank a kick so oh so badly. This house would have fallen from us jumping so hard. But it made me think today. The egomaniac that Aaron Rodgers is. Did he want to play hero? Did you see how confident he was when he said it won't end in a tie? Mm-hmm. To drive down the field after giving up a three and out at the beginning, hoping that your defense could stop him so that you could mark. I, maybe I'm getting a little Alex Jonesy here, but it does it not make sense for him to drive down the field. See, you have to pay me more because I'm playing with no-name receivers that I drafted, mind you. He was in the front office telling these guys, I want him and I want him because you don't draft me anything. I, I can't stand Aaron Rodgers. Great talent. I'm. If you look at some of his throws. Irrevocable asshole. Oh, can't the arrogance of this guy. It, it just kind of, I don't know why I was thinking about the game today, but it just kind of crept into my mind. Like, I bet that he just wanted to play hero. Could you imagine how how highly we'd be talking about Bill Belichick if they had kicked a field goal to win that game? About how he beat Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers with a with third string Bailey Zappi, who I'm still not sure is not the guy that they're going to cast to play Mac Jones in a movie about Tom Brady. Oh, I've seen the picture. They're if you don't draft Bailey Zappi for that role, you're you're doing it wrong. Yeah, he's But Bailey Zappi's also going to be playing Bailey Zappi in that same movie. No, Mac Jones will probably play, probably play <laughs> Bailey Zappi in that movie. Um and I I don't know if it's if it's Bill or Rob or who, but somebody apparently has a type insinuations over let's get to the games that i don't know if we want to talk about them so i mean well actually your game i want to talk about mine i'm going to talk about but yeah i don't i don't want to talk about the rams game either because it cost me 80 dollars um hey it cost some other guy 70 grand yeah well did you see that you know what that's not money in my pocket i don't care um (laughs) So, Chiefs-Bucks. Holy shit, how do you stop this offense? Aside from being Indianapolis. Um, you're Tennessee in uh, December. Once. Once. And Mahomes was 
coming off an injury. But the way that offense looked, because, and I don't know if anybody's ever asked for this to happen or mentioned that it's something they should do, but when you run the ball, Isaiah Pacheco looked awesome. Clyde. Clyde had 14 touches for 94 like yards. Round running back. Granted, he dropped a pass, which ended up also costing me money, but that's not the point. You got to stop betting on the Chiefs game. I got to stop betting. <laughs> no, that, that's where that <laughs> sentence needs to, st- to end, is that betting. That I need to stop betting. <clears throat> but if that team can run the ball, and that is the best rush defense in the NFL, you cannot name me a better front three than what the Buccaneers have. No. I mean, I'd love to name mine, but what the Buccaneers have been showing. Yours is a lot better. Yours is probably a better pass rush. But as far as a run-stuffing run defense, yes. you cannot give me a f- better front three, better front seven than what the Buccaneers have. The Chiefs ran the ball for 200 yards. The Chiefs don't need 200 yards of rushing. Not at all. To be good. But when Mahomes doesn't have to have 400 yards passing, when you have a competent rushing attack where you can run a play action and actually make somebody go, hey, they might hand the ball off, look what it does for this offense. Yeah, now you don't have linebackers selling out to the pass. Yeah, I mean, They have you, to respect you ha- the run. You have to respect the run. That gives Kelsey another step. Granted, I'm going. I'm good to go ahead and call it. The Chiefs do not have a number one wide receiver. I, I I said I didn't think they do. I I know they don't. They do not have a number one wide receiver. You can see that. But this is allowing Mahomes to spread the ball around. He's not having to go. Okay, where's Reek? Where's Reek? Where? Fuck it, Reek's down there somewhere. You know, he's he's moving the ball around. He's spreading the ball around. MVS is still having drop issues, which we kind of worried about. Juju is. Not the juju we hoped we were getting, although he kind of took a shot at the Steelers this week, um, told the broadcasters, and they repeated it, that he's learned more about learned more about offensive football in the last six months than he did his entire time with the Steelers. Um, so I mean, he, that's going from a defensive-minded I mean, head coach to an offensive genius. guru. I mean, so... That doesn't yeah. su- that phrase that doesn't surprise me in any way, shape, or form. No, but it is kind of an un- unnecessary it, day it is. at Pittsburgh. But to have to know that he's still learning, if MVS can get the bricks out of his gloves, that'd be great. Um, McCole Hardman has been irrelevant. Sky Moore gets a couple plays a game, which I'm I'm super hopeful for that kid because he's. Tyreek-esque, but the Chiefs do not have a – well, they do have a number one receiver. He wears number 87 and plays the tight end. But to have this offense where they're, they're spreading the ball around, they're getting not one, not two, but three running backs involved. Jarek McKinnon coming in on third downs and passing – and on a passing option. And this is actually the first week that Jarek McKinnon didn't lead the backfield in snaps. Um. But Clyde looked good. Clyde looked like the guy that we thought we drafted in the first round. The The offense, the fluidity of the offense, 
when the number one receiver comes off, number one in quotations, right, and Sky comes in to fill the spot, it's not a loss. Um, the Chiefs are apparently starting to feel better about the receiving core. They cut Corey Coleman today, which he was still in practice squad. He hadn't made the roster or anything, but they're kind of dropping some receivers off. They brought Marcus Kemp back, which I hope he gets back in. But, man, wherever you get to this Chiefs offense, knowing that we can run a three-tight end set now, wherever you can run Kelsey Gray and uh, – I know exactly. Yep, number 88. Yeah, um, uh I, that one's going to hurt. Yep, it, it already hurts. Whenever you can run these three tight end sets out there, and then, oh, by the way, you get McColl Hardman or Sky Moore on the other side. Whenever you can bring out a two running back set that where either running back can get the ball with two tight ends on the field, where either tight end can get the ball and make a play, with a litany of receivers out there that can all make plays, it makes this team so much more dynamic. And that defense is... Not playing the greatest. They still have their holes. Granted, you're missing a starting linebacker. You're missing a starting cornerback. And we still have Frank Clark. So, you've got issues on defense. Mostly Frank Clark. But, that team is is good. Um, I don't know. I still don't know they're the best team in the AFC. I still don't know they're the best team in football. It's Which, weird to say that the Chiefs will turn it around come playoffs. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but that's where we're at. The Chiefs had a huge learning curve at the beginning of the season. I get that they had all off season to try and figure it out. Sometimes you need a little bit more than that. And they, they needed the game speed to start to figure it out. I think you're seeing Mahomes you're, really right. learn and trust his receivers. Um, I mean, he's had essentially the same core of guys. Well, yeah. I mean, his entire career. I mean, it's it's all it's always been one, two, and then everybody else. Right. We're now, Kel- yeah, Kelsey's number one, but it who cares where it comes from? The best tight end in football deserves to be the number one option. One hundred percent. And especially whenever the receivers are what they are, but having all you, you've got six number two options. You know, Fortson, Jody Fortson. That's there the tight go. end's name. Jesus Christ. Sorry guys, uh, ADHD moment. But to have to have the team that the Chiefs do to be able to move the ball like the Chiefs are doing. Orlando Brown looks like he might be done as a Chief. Um, he he's having a lot of issues that I'm not happy to be seeing off the left side of the field. But other than that, the Chiefs are looking really, really good. And that that makes me happy, especially considering what the Colts did to them last week. Um, but, so, I walked away from Sunday feeling a lot better. And it's not like it was a bad team for you to rebound against. That's a, I know that Tom Brady hasn't been looking like Tom Brady. That's still a very good a, Bucks team. That is a very good defense. That offense is very suspect. But that well, is a very good defense. TB12 also had Mike Evans back, who he was desperately missing last week against the Packers. How the Packers still snuck away with that win, and you brought up at the beginning of the show that little tidbit. Um, I that team <clears throat> that team is still a very good squad that has to figure some things out. Right now, I I don't trust them a lot, but. The Buccaneers are still the 
Buccaneers. Tom Brady under center, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, and I get all three of those guys are going to be rotating out with injuries. If you have two of the three on the field at any given time, I, I'm i scared. That, yeah, that, that, Leonard that, Fournette is running like a madman this year. Yeah, he's probably trying to get back to that 300 pounds. Celebrate so he can eat some more Twinkies or whatever yeah. his offseason diet was. <laughs> but there was one other thing I wanted to yeah. address. Um, with the Chiefs, there have been rumors floated around um, that I I hope are I hope are true. Um, I feel like there might be some better options possibly available, but there have been rumors that DJ Moore that has, poor guy needs could to be get out traded um, from Carolina, and there are rumors that Kansas City and Carolina have already been in talks. That would make me that very would happy. bring a one. That would make me very very happy. I I think DJ Moore would excel in this offense. I think so. Okay, I I, I think there's better options out there. Probably, and they might be available. Um, I'd, I'd still really like to know what the hell is going on with Kenny Galladay in New York. Um, I that one perplexes man. That, either he needs to go down to the Rams and reunite with Matt Stafford, or otherwise there, his career no, is done. There's no way he went got that bad that quick. I mean, that one's hard I, to I, put your. I know, I know, Zeke went to shit whenever he got paid, but. Kenny Galladay is confusing to me, um, but let's uh, let's get to Monday night. Um, I know we're you're a little more excited to talk about Monday night post Monday. Excited's not the word I. Would I, use I know right now. I know how you feel, um, but considering what both of us out both of ours outlook, we're going in. I'm going to say say my bit and then get out of the way so Go you can it. wrap this thing up on us. Um, I've been saying it for for four weeks now. Something's off about the Rams. I do think right. I do think I can put my finger on it now, though. Um, and I realize the Niners aren't the team to test your the metal of an offensive line against because that off, that defensive line is one of the best best pass rushing. Fronts. Eric Armstead went out in the first half, and we didn't have Javon Kinlaw, so that Rams offensive line is suspect. It's bad, and I think you couple that with. I'm not going to say bad, but I will say poor quarterback play. Um, Matt Stafford seems to only believe that there are there's one receiver on the field at any given time, unless he confuses Skronovic for Cup and throws it to 18. But he only he's he seems very one read, and that one read is Cooper, and, and that is, that is killing that offense. Um, that offense is built to to spread the ball around. That offense is built to move. And I think I can finally put my finger on it. It is that offensive line plus that quarterback. No pass rush. They also, uh, Other than Aaron Donald? Well, I mean, you can't even really say that. Because you know who has more sacks this year than Aaron Donald? Legereus Sneed. Cornerback for the Kansas City Chiefs. Probably one of the Chiefs' best cover corners. Has more sacks. Then Aaron Donald, then Chris Jones. Granted, I think he's got two. But Aaron Donald's not creating the pressures. That Rams defensive line's not getting the pass rush that we're used to. And that offensive line's not good. Andrew Whitworth is a very sorely missed left tackle in L.A. 
So I think I can finally put my finger on it. I've I've been saying it all season long that something is off about the Rams, and and now now I think it it got embarrassingly put out there in front of the world last night I mean, they did of not what score was wrong. A touchdown, no offensive touchdown. They were held to three field goals. And uh, but and and Matt Matt looks kind of reverted back to. To the Detroit Lions, Matt Stafford. I mean, yeah, he's going to put up yards. He's going to put up touchdowns. But he's got to have really bad games. And whenever the only touchdown you throw is to Talano Hufunga, it's probably not going to be a good day for you. You mean you mean Troy Polamalu? Oh, I, I can't tell the difference between them anymore. Man, I'm, I'm going to get out of here, let you kind of go on your Niners rant because I know as much as you enjoyed the win – you're not enjoying Niners football, but Huff is a dude. I mean, we've been saying it Fifth for weeks. Fifth round guy out of USC. Fifth round. I right now, everybody wanted at least in Niners land wanted to blame John Lynch for a lot of things getting in the way of Shanahan. Right now, Shanahan's kind of on uh, uh, my shit list. Um, I still think he's a great coach. But uh, I've got a weird comparison for Shanahan coming up. Uh, but John Lynch can draft. So I fully, if they're taking somebody, especially after the first round, and even then, Javon Kinlaw, people wanted to say he was a bust. He got hurt, and he he's wrecking games. They held him out as a precautionary thing last night more than anything. Um, the guy's a monster. The o- Reuben Foster was a very bad pick, and I actually loved it at the time. Was not expecting him to go on his rampages, which they told him, don't do that or you won't be playing football, and I don't think he believed them. Solomon Thomas, same draft, not great. That draft also produced Fred Warner and George Kittle. I can't be upset. Yeah, the first two picks of that draft aren't on the team. The other two are franchise stalwarts that uh, help turn the franchise around. They're all pro-level players. They're top three at their own position. If you can, it doesn't matter where you draft them. Yes, I understand that if you're drafting somebody in the first round, they need to be, they need to be great off the bat. But what to me, it makes no difference if you draft them in the first round or the seventh round. If they come out as a starter and are cornerstones to your team, it doesn't matter. Um, but let me get to the game last night. How, as a 49ers fan, can you feel happy after what this offense showed with Jimmy Garoppolo? To everybody that told me Trey Lance is inaccurate, when he missed that throw in week one to a wide-open tight end, do you know what we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo do last night? Same damn play. Missed the same damn tight end in the same fucking way. Okay, Jimmy helped turn this team around. I I love him for it. We've seen his ceiling. You want to know what he did last night? He threw screen passes to Debo and Brandon Ayuk. He had one good pass to the back of the end zone to George Kittle, which George was not able to get his right foot down. That happens. That sucks. I wish he would have got his foot down. Other than that, what'd he do? He threw a bad ball 
to Debo Samuel, which if Debo wasn't the athlete that he was, that's going the other way for six. As a 49ers fan, how can you look me in the eye and say, Debo, or Debo, Jimmy led that team to victory? No. Our wide receivers, our running game with Jeff Wilson Jr., who's our third running back, led that team. Kyle Shanahan has to call plays in spite of Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy did nothing special. Jimmy played like Jimmy. Jimmy almost threw that game away, and the defense had it won for us. That was a 17-9 game. That was not a 24-9 game. That defense came out, showed why they're the best defense in the league. Nick Bosa is scary. The way this defense plays is keeping this team where they need to be. I would, I hate that Trey Lance is hurt right now. For everybody that told me Jimmy was going to make this team better, where? Where is Jimmy making this team better? Because he's gonna, he's making the same mistakes that Trey would have been without the mobility, without the arm. They're trying to get Jimmy to throw downfield, and he's shown plenty of times that he can't do it. Jimmy's a good quarterback if you keep him within his box. You can't run the same offense with Jimmy that you're going to run with Trey. Just Now, I feel you could run the same offense with Trey that you were going to run with Jimmy. If you're asking Trey Lance to go out and be Jimmy Garoppolo, but move when you need to, nobody can beat that team. Because we've seen what this team does with Jimmy Garoppolo. As much respect and love that I have for Jimmy, I'm getting very upset that he's my quarterback right now. I would rather be going through the season with Brock Purdy. Not because I feel he gives us a better chance to win, but because I'd rather have just lost the season and know that next year I might not have to go through this again. I would rather see growing pains. Maybe that's just me hoping for a brighter future over the next few years, but watching Jimmy Garoppolo play football in this offense that has Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, no offensive line right now, and they played pretty good last night. For I mean, George Kittle's playing left tackle and left guard while being a tight end. We're essentially playing eight-man football. I don't like what I'm seeing. It is not sustainable. It is going. You can't move the ball on screen passes. I don't like it. I I wish they would just trade Jimmy, take the punt on the season, start sitting guys to keep them healthy. I, it's sickening to watch a game like that where the defense dominates and the offense does nothing. The offense drives downfield to get stuck at the 20. If it wasn't for Jeff Wilson running through, honestly, a whole multiple semi-trucks could have drove through for 33 yards, what else did the offense do? You take that one Debo play out that should have been going six the other way, what, what did the offense do? The offense is not dynamic enough with Jimmy Garoppolo under center. Was Trey the right guy? I don't know. 
I do not know. We didn't get a chance to learn. Exactly, but he, at the very least, he can play like Jimmy Garoppolo, and at the very highest point of his ceiling, he's he's an average Josh Allen, is what people are telling me. Get him on the field. I know it can't happen this year because his ankle got broken 17 ways or some shit like that. And I I can't be comfortable with number 10 under center. His suspect throw. I watched that throw last night to Debo. And thank God Debo Samuels got that dog in him and won't let anybody take him down. Because that should have been going the other direction. And he went up. I've never seen that guy jump that high first off. <laughs> he went up for that ball. Took it 56 yards to the house. Debo Samuel and that defense won that game. I, I can't say just Debo. Debo and Brandon. Brandon Ayuk had a whole bunch of good plays. He did. And there at the end of the game, he had Jalen Ramsey getting ready to throw punches. Those wide receivers are not to be trifled with. We just don't have a quarterback. I I can't feel comfortable with that game. Um I I don't I don't like it. I'm scared. I know what this season's going to be. And you're absolutely right. The Rams, they're in trouble. They play the Cowboys next week or on Sunday. Um I I can't wait to talk about that game. Yeah, that's going to that's gonna be one of the... Uh, and, one oh, of the I never right? got to my Shanahan uh, play calling oh, here. Yeah, go ahead, um, go. I've got Here's my weird analogy for Shanahan's play calling. He's young Andy Reid. He's the offensive genius who's going to get really close multiple times with one team. He's going to be the Niners head coach for the next 10 years. Uh, I, I don't have a problem with that. I don't think he's going to win a Super Bowl. And here's why. He doesn't know how to keep his foot on the gas in the fourth quarter. It shows. It com- it shows up on tape. Kyle Shanahan, I feel, is going to have the same career arc that Andy Reid does. He's going to have a really long, highly touted career in San Francisco, and they're just going to have to let him go. I hope the Niners don't follow the same uh, path that the Eagles do and fall into disarray for 10 more years. Um, but They did get a Super Bowl, though. Yeah. They did have a kind of a quick turnaround from winning that Super Bowl to now, but, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty on that one. I just – that – the way he calls games, and, and I get why people are so – they don't want to – put him in that high ranking of one of the best coach. I get it. I get why Sean McVay is put above him. Mm-hmm. But the what when he plays people that he taught how to coach, you see it all come out. When the Niners play the Rams, Kyle Shanahan, all gas, no break. Mm-hmm. When he's playing anybody else, let's try and get up big and coast. Yeah, no, I, I, I see what I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I, I, I see it and, I agree with your comparison, really. Um, Say so we are running a little long here. I know we are. Uh, do we want to go with the long tees for the top five, or do we want to try and run those out real quick? Let's just run them out for tonight. Maybe okay. we can 
Uh, I mean, obviously we need to, uh, tomorrow we're going to record and kind of see what our, um, what our next week's games look like. Uh, I'll okay. let you do your top five first. Okay, we'll go, we'll go five to one. Um, number five, I, I, so outside looking in. And if you, if, um, if we want to do quick, uh, explanations for each pick. Okay, I, I, this is just going to be a I've, long episode. I've, I, I feel like, like I feel like most of my takes on these on, on my top five are kind of I, I've explained fairly well. Uh, number five, I've got the Dolphins. Okay. Um, number four, I actually have a team that the Dolphins have beaten with the Ravens. And number three, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. And. I feel like the, my, my concerns on defense are, are why I have them at number three. I've seen a lot of people have them at number one. I have them at number three. Number two, I have the Buffalo Bills. I still think that's probably the one of the best teams in football, if not the best team in football. If if they're healthy and they're right, I think that's probably probably the best team in football. I'm, they're still my pick for the Super Bowl. I think that's still the best team in the AFC. And at number one, I've, I've seen people rate them lower, whatever. I think 4-0 carries weight. I think what they've done carries weight. I've got the Philadelphia Eagles as the number one team in football. And I've, I've been high on them all year. That team is good. That team hasn't lost. And I feel like that, that, that 4-0 carries enough weight where I will give them the nod. It kind of feels like a uh, a Madden confidence boost. Yeah, yeah. Like your team might be rated an 88, but they're getting a 5-point boost because they're undefeated and they're rolling. That yeah. that momentum carries weight. Um I've actually got the same teams in my top 5 a little bit different order. Okay. Um I'm not sure how I feel quite yet about the order due to one team and their quarterback situation that, right now. That I have a feeling I know where this is you're going. The reason I have Baltimore over Miami is because of the Tua situation. See, I, I don't know if that's where you're going with that, but that, it, it kind that's, of is. That's, that's why I put Miami at five. I still think Miami is one of the best teams in football. I just I had to. I, I guess for sake of the argument. I would, so I guess I'll tell you what, I, I've been very conflicted about this all show. I set up my top five right before the show, um, had a few things going on right after work where I didn't get to plan like I'd hoped to. So my five to one, I've got Ravens five, Chiefs four, Dolphins three, um, Bills two, Eagles one. Now, Bills, Eagles, I, I feel like you could put the either one in one and either yeah, one and two. I, I don't. I that, don't feel like there's a lot of argument between the two. No. Um. But you can put either one in either place. But I, I think those deserve to be number one and two. But the reason, and I know that they don't have Tua right now, so I should probably have put them lower. Um. The reason I've got the Dolphins above both the Ravens and the Chiefs is because of how complete they are. That's a really good defense that closes out games. They, they're the definition of bend, don't break. Yeah, they you get out on a 
you're up three touchdowns on them, but that's all you've scored. The offense hasn't done anything. And then Mike McDaniels comes out and he's like, oh, what am I doing? It's like he almost has the opposite effect of Kyle Shanahan. Like he's coached under Shanahan so long he's been wanted. He's wanted to be aggressive at the end of a game for so long that he forgets he can be aggressive the entire game that he just comes out and he's like, let it fly. If you can run the ball, run the ball. Otherwise, I got burners and Mike Gusecki. Let it fly. I, I feel the the Dolphins are the most well-rounded team out of the bottom three in that top five. And I'm saying bottom three. All five of these teams. At this point in time, I don't, I don't think if, if any of those, if any combination of those five, and obviously there's only one NFC team in either, right. in either list, but... If any of the four AFC teams made the Super Bowl, you'd be like, you know what? Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. It, the Ravens, their defense, the reason I have them below the Chiefs is their defense can't close out a game. It's not the offense's job to stop the other offense from scoring three times in the fourth quarter. Their right. defense has to close out a game. The The Chiefs' defense, like you hit on, is a little suspect. You, you got some things to work on, but they're playing well as a unit. Minus five five, um, who seems to be just a warm body um, taking up an offensive lineman half the time. He he, uh, I take that back. Two or three times a game, it's like wow, he broke free. It was a screen that nobody was blocking him. Um, like the Chiefs' offense definitely seems to be the Chiefs and Ravens' offense. I feel right now you lay them down on the they're moving the ball about the same. Lamar is doing everything. Pat is doing everything. Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, and then a whole list of wide receivers that you're like, I'm not sure what they're doing out there. But, hey, he just made a play. Yeah. It. Both, both of those teams are very close. I give the Chiefs defense a higher grading right now because they're not losing you a football game unless it's against the Colts. I feel like, and I, I kind of had the same thought between them, um, and that's why I have the Chiefs over them. The Chiefs' defense isn't going to be the reason you lose. No. Um, right now, and, and that's I, and the I feel reason it, the Ravens have been Exactly, losing. and I'm saying that's kind of what – that and – as much as I love Lamar, if I, if you give me a choice between two offenses, one that that's perpetually scoring with 13 seconds left, Right. As opposed to the Ravens, the Ravens are an amazing offense. But if you make them throw the ball, that offense becomes bad. Right. Don't be wrong. Seeing J.K. on the field again this, this week, seeing that J.K. is looking healthy again. And that that not making – it's not saying that Lamar can't throw the ball. It's who's he throwing – if Mark Andrews is in triple coverage, which he usually is, he's got nobody to throw that ball to. I can't name – I can't name a wide receiver on the Ravens, and I feel like it's the first time in a long time that I can't. Yeah, I mean, they've, I mean, they've got you know Rashad Bateman. They've got uh, what's the other rookie's name? Number three. I can't think of his name right now. But they've got they've got some guys out there. But I I feel like if I need one of them to drive down the field throwing the ball. 
I'm gonna take Pat. Yes, Lamar can I, do I, amazing things with I his agree. legs, and Lamar's right now is one of the highest rated passers in football. But it's it it for me, it's gonna come down to a trust thing. And no, I, I completely. If, if you make me pick between it. the guy that has one MVP versus the guy that has one MVP and a Super Bowl MVP, you know, that that's my biggest thing with Lamar is that Lamar can't seem to get it done under pressure. Well, I mean, even throw Lamar in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers' weapons right now with Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. I mean, it's essentially, I mean, at least at least Aaron has his offensive line. Right. Ronnie Staley didn't play this week. Right. You know. I, the, Lamar, it, it feels like Lamar is a, a, a one-man band because he has to. Before, it was because he wanted to be and he felt he needed to be. This year, I think he real. I, I see a lot of, um, not emotional, uh, personal growth with Lamar, more of a team guy, but he's all he's standing out there, in the huddle, going, man. Eight nine, get open, please. Otherwise, I'm gonna have to throw to one of these scrubs. Uh, that's what it feels like. Yeah. Um. Got. Sorry, we ran long on you guys. Um. We're gonna have to wrap this thing up. Yeah, we're we're gonna have to get better. Um, but guys, we we really wanted to give a big big shout out uh, to to all the fans that that have that have listened to us, that have shared us, that has liked us. Um, you guys, you guys have done amazing things for us here these last few weeks. Um, I know I know it's a small milestone, but we're we're gonna take every milestone that we can. Uh, we crossed over a hundred listens this weekend um that was that was amazing to see to see that we had a listen from the uk is amazing to see guys we we cannot thank you enough this and i i know we do this every week and you guys are probably like yeah we get it we're here to listen but we we truly appreciate every small modicum that you guys have put towards this 100 um, the people that reach out to us via text via dms and I've I've got a quick shout out. Um, Go ahead. A guy named Taco. I, I'll keep your your name safe here on the uh, podcast. His his fantasy team name is Taco, in uh, my wife's cousin's league. Um, thank you for reaching out. Thanks for sticking with us. Thank you for telling everybody that you have. I I love getting that text from you this morning. That was awesome. Um, greatly appreciate it. Like Austin said, without you guys, we're just two idiots talking into a mic. Um, which we we well have we're, we're going to we continue to do that. But but to know that to know there's somebody on the other end, to know there's people that I know I've gotten a few texts. I know you have too of people that are like, hey, real excited for next show. People, I've got people that text me and go, I can't wait to hear your outlook on this. I can't look, I can't wait to hear what your guys' opinions are on that. It is, it, it is so much more rewarding than what either of us thought we were going to be doing this for. We thought we would be getting a recording session and maybe a listen a we week. We thought our moms might be our only listeners just to support us. And uh, so, turns out... Um, they don't like our voices as much as we do, which I mean, for as much as 
I mean, we probably weren't the greatest kids now that we're looking back on it. So I don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, so guys, we we really truly do appreciate you. Um, the the fact that we have anybody that's that's listened to all the episodes, let alone at least one. Um, man, we we truly do appreciate you guys. Uh, so let's let's get on out of here. I know you guys probably got your lives to get to, and you're probably listening to, tired of listening to two buffoons just rattle into a microphone. Um, as always, if you like us, share us. If you don't, give us another try next week, and we'll talk after that. Guys, we love you. We really do truly appreciate it. Be kind to each other, love one another, and always remember, fuck, fuck the, the Cowboys. cowboys.